there's lots of lore about giants in that at that whole area. Uh, not just the the battle with with the red-haired giants. Hey, you guys, this is Brandon here. Welcome to another episode of Unrefined Podcast, man. We have a treat for you today. I want to introduce one of our new co-hosts who's going to be in and out. He's actually launching a podcast himself. His name is BT Wallace. Hey, guys. It's interesting. Uh, we have both the same name. I'm BT, too, so we call him BT, and we just call me BS. <laughs> anyway, all right. Yeah, that was corny. Yep, I know it. Anyway, and then I have my, my wonderful co-host, Lindsay, here. How you doing, hey, Lindsay? Hey guys, doing great. We are really excited to have MK Davis back with us today to to talk about a, a subject he hit on a little bit last time he was here, but is going to go into hopefully more detail this time. How you doing, MK? I'm good. How are you, Lynn? Great, great. It's good to have you back. Any any big guy sightings or anything interesting on the Bigfoot front lately? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple things on the national front you know there's been this this uh these train riders that took a, a video a phone video of a bigfoot off in the distance uh walking you know uh you probably seen it yeah uh, yeah it was cool it's a i don't think anybody's been able to prove one way or another with it but yeah, yeah. uh it's it yeah well, cool we'll put it under your camera you can figure it out it's getting harder and harder is it that, that, that's new technologies, AI technologies, and stuff? People, yeah, people, they're yeah, not fake yeah, anything, people, deep fake yeah, stuff. Yeah, just about. And it's it's about about you know a, a time period where where it's gonna get just very very difficult mm. to to discriminate. Yeah, it's one of those times when I wish analog was still in. Because uh, what's happened, I don't know if you know about this, MK, we're even in the podcast world. Uh, a lot of these apps are warning us that we need to be careful with our voices because people can take our voices off the podcast and use them. So, yeah, it's getting really wow. scary out there. Yep. Deep fake stuff. <laughs> yep. So uh, we're going to dive in to our topic today we talked with you last time you know about the big guy and it was awesome and about all, all those cool stories you have today we want to touch in your wheelhouse about the uh lovelock cave and the red-haired giants and, and basically anything you know hands-on about the nephilim and your experiences with that and we are ready to hear some uh awesome stories so where do you want to start you want to start with lovelock cave uh, mk that sounds good to me. Yes, sir. That sounds good. So, so tell us what what led you there. What got you involved in that uh, whole experience? Well, my uh, forte, my opus, has been the Patterson Bigfoot film. Mm -hmm. and, and after you've spent enough years to where you, you're fairly well convinced that it is an authentic film, then you know you begin to ask those questions like. What what is it? What's the nature of it? And you start to look other places. Uh, you widen out some, and uh, if you widen out very much, uh, you it's almost inevitable that you're gonna hear about, uh, or perhaps even go and uh, yourself and see for yourself 
the uh, red-haired giants of Lovelock Cave, which is a, a legendary story that is, is people know it far and wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the famous battle between the Paiutes and the uh, cannibalistic red-haired giant. And uh, that's, uh, I got, I, I, I just left Bluff Creek and rode all the way over there. It was a, a, a seminal moment, mm-hmm. you know, where I, be, that was my point where I began to widen out, carry my interest uh, to some of the other places. But MT- that whole, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, the Sarah Winnemucca, You'll you'll probably get into her, I'm sure, but um, just her story is kind of the the considered the definitive story on this. Would you say or? Yeah, I'd say pretty much so, and that's uh, because of her stature yeah. with her people. Uh, she was the daughter of a of a chief, a chief Winnemucca. Mm-hmm. They named the town Winnemucca, Nevada, after him. Uh, uh, you know, uh, well known for his his honesty and trustworthiness, and her as well. Mm. And she worked hard in behalf of her people, trying to trying to get uh, the standards of living and everything up for her people. Mm. And she wrote several books. She wrote a book. This book, particular book, "My Life Among the Paiute." Contain that information about the uh, red-haired giant, hmm. and uh, it 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 was kind of uh, stunning information, really. It uh, when you talk about cannibalism and things like that, actually hunting hunting people, mm. yeah. See, the Pi the Paiutes call them uh, numaticatas, mm. which means people eaters. Mm. Sitika uh, is another name for them, but it's really just the same name. Uh, we mentioning something else they ate, which was yeah, tule reeds. Reed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, tika was just a short form of tikata. It was a tule reed eater. Yeah. So um, the, the Paiutes weren't really, they weren't really a vicious tribe like, say, uh, Apaches, or what was that other one that used to go into Mexico and had a slave trade? I can't remember, but Comanche. Um, the Comanche, yeah. Uh, the, the the Paiutes were actually a pretty peaceful tribe. So for them to come up with a story is really that in itself is kind of interesting, right? Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Uh, uh, the, the they actually uh, went to war on the and and on the side of the United States. During the Mexican War. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, they actually were. But then as soon as they came back victorious, they put them on a reservation. I know. Yeah. That's one of the awful, awful things about history. You know, people talk about all the, uh, all the victims and oppressiveness, man. The, the Native Americans got the worst deal of anybody, in my opinion. They just still get a worse deal, but yeah. Fight for us, and then we'll put you in prison. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Uh, Chief Winnemucca, uh, you know, he, uh, there's actually a connection with Mississippi. 
Oh, wow. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, the Natchez, the Natchez said about themselves that they came from the Pacific Northwest, and uh, and they came across, you know, the, down to the Mississippi River and then down to the Lower Mississippi River. And Chief Wanamaka's son is named Natchez. Mm. Oh, wow. That's cool. Uh, yeah. That's a, that is very interesting. Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 the migrations that took place way back in the day, uh, you know, the, the, a lot of the uh, archaeologists and, uh, and the anthropologists don't acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. But uh, they they most certainly did a lot of traveling. The Lower Mississippi Valley River Valley was populated by people from all up from up north and Ohio and and all around up that way. I had heard that Natchez claimed to hold sway up at least to the Ohio at one point, and I know Kigualtum that DeSoto encountered seemed to be a pretty powerful. Chiefdom, kingdom, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they were a naval mm-hmm. force. Yeah, which which for the listeners out there, what's interesting, we're talking about Mississippi, and and if you go down to the lower corner of the state, that's that's where Natchez. That was actually one of the first places that was uh, settled in Mississippi. Was that area that we're talking about down here? Uh, Jeff Davis of uh, Civil War fame actually had a plantation down there, and a lot of interesting things. So. The Natchez were there, and they were spread from all the way down close to Louisiana, all the way up to Ohio. So they had a pretty incredible, I guess, empire. Well, it's, it's interesting too that the Nat- Natchez, Mississippi, has the very first published report of a Bigfoot. Oh, wow! Um, uh, this was back in when the uh, I forgot was this early seventeen hundred. Yeah, it's when when the French were in there. Uh, Frenchmen logged it into their law book that they had been attacked a couple of times in camp by this, they, he called it a beast or something like a beast. Uh, it, it, the description fit the description of a Bigfoot, but it terrorized them for a good while. Yeah. Ran off, ran off with large animals, you know, like sheep. It's kind of like the, uh, the story that happened up in Mount St. Helens and the, uh, the monkey men. Mm-hmm. So that that uh, Natchez is gonna. It's, this would be the third year they've had this uh, Bigfoot birthday bash. Mm. Wow, nice. uh, I had no idea. Said, well, it, it is. It, what's so cool about it? It's crazy at the same time. Is is when you think Bigfoot, you immediately think of where BT is up in Oregon and Washington, the Pacific Northwest, or yeah. maybe in Tennessee and the Appalachians, but never South Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, there's it's, it's a lot, a lot of uh, uh, wilderness. Well, I think down that's there. because yeah. they call you know, it skunk there. ape down there, isn't it? Well, now there's uh, a, you, there's a difference. Maybe. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say MK. There's a difference between skunk apes and Bigfoot, right? Well, I mean, people argue that. Uh, I I really don't know for sure, but if some of the photos that I've seen are real. I'd say yes, there is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, uh, you don't have a lot to go on, you know, it's, it, the evidence is, 
is is not something where you can reconstruct a, a, a whole bunch of history or a whole bunch of uh, uh, of, of anatomy. Uh, but there's a few photos that 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 seem to be real, and if they are, then you you're looking at something that's different down in the swamp. They got to certainly have a different foot. Really? Yeah. Do they look different? I mean, obviously they smell bad, but so do Bigfoot sometimes. So, well, they they uh, they can they can get out on all fours, mm. man. Perhaps oh. even prefer all fours. Well, what's the oh, difference they're... in the foot? Uh, the foot has long toes like fingers. Ooh, it's it's a grasping foot. Hmm. So they're possibly climbers. Would you? Maybe here. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, uh, down in Honey Island, he said uh, the first time they saw this thing, they thought it was a pig. Wow, that's crazy. It, it was facing away from. It's a big body shape difference. And it, 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 it was down on all fours, and then it stood up and turned around and faced them, and they saw it had these huge eyes. And a, a kind of a mane around the you know the outside of the head, mm. and uh, it when it ran off, it ran off on two, not four. Mm -hmm. mm. And when they went over there to look at the tracks, they saw where it had come down out of a tree, and had scratched the tree coming down. Okay. Yeah. So there there goes the grasping type of foot. Yeah. All right, well, let's 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 get back on. We chased a rabbit here. Let's get back on our trail with the Nephilim and Lowlock Cave. I mean, you had uh, had experience, and I definitely have heard of the Nephilim and all that kind of stuff. Did so when you went to Lovelock Cave and and out there, what were you expecting when you went out there? And then what what did you find that surprised you? Well, you didn't really know what to expect, but there's nothing like being there, you know, to get uh -huh. insights. Uh, I know that uh, all that bat guano that they took out of there, yeah, they just piled it back in there, you know. Uh, so it's it's kind of a false floor. Mm. Uh, when I first started going there, there was it was empty inside. Now they have an observation deck in there. Yeah. When they built the observation deck, they were they pulled some of the back guano away from the walls and brought it to the center to level the floor. Yeah. And when they did, they exposed a, a big handprint on the wall. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I was thinking about. I, I knew you were the one that said yeah. something about that. It was how big was the hand? Yeah, it, it, uh, it's at least eighteen inches. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it just dwarfs a normal-sized hand, adult hand. Well, I mean, we're lucky if we go from pinky to thumb to be like, what, six inches, eight inches maybe? Yeah, something like that. So did it look like and kind it, of the situation, similar to what the Australian Aborigines do, where they lay the hand and then blow paint all around it, or was it the hand painted, or, or was it? No, it, it wasn't artistic. It was... Uh, okay. It up up on the uh, ceiling is a layer of of fat and soot, mm -hmm. 
uh, and it's hard right now, but you, if you put your thumb on it and leave it there for a few minutes, it'll soften. Mm -hmm. It's like taffy. Wow. Uh, and it was all over this hand when they stuck, stuck it to the wall. And when he pulled it away, it made these little ridges up each finger, you know, from the suction oh. of that stuff. Uh, so I know it was done with a hand and not with uh, an artistic representation. Mm -hmm. So that, that uh, let me just follow the, what your, your train of thought here, maybe. Um, so what you're basically saying, that probably occurred when the, when the red-haired giants were being burned. He probably braced himself, huh? That's just kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, that that's the impression I get. Wow, it was uh, terrifying. There's lots of lore about giants in that in that whole area. Uh, not just the the battle with the uh, with the red haired giants, uh, but also in other incidents. Uh, that there was a, a a really big one that was. Just absolutely just killing people left and right at one time. And they, uh, they had 300 warriors ambushed him. Wow. <laughs> and they, they, they watched him coming, and he had uh, 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 two rope, a rope full of rabbits on one shoulder and a rope with fish on it in the other. And, and he, as he came by... They stood up and they all let let an arrow go at him, and he was like a pincushion. But he but he still made it a, a half mile before he fell. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's crazy! Wow. And he where he fell was they just covered him with uh, river rock, a smooth rock, be as big as your fist. Some of them. Yes, sir. Uh. And they just covered him, and it left it left the outline of him. They 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 didn't move him or anything. Uh, and it's still there to this day. I I saw a picture as late as nineteen fifties. Um, a newspaper man got Indians to show him where it was. So you know you still have those incidents. Uh, also, uh, the the red haired giants uh, the. The, the Paiutes told me that they came down the Humboldt River. And the Humboldt River is right there in front of Lovelock Cave. It's, it, it empties into that old lake. Mm -hmm. Well, if you follow the Humboldt back up, it'll go, it'll go right there by Winnemucca. And then it'll cut north. And it'll come out. The headwaters, uh, it'll come out, it'll go by the root, what you call the Ruby Mountains, and then it'll, the headwaters are in the Jarbidge Wilderness. It's, it's a group of mountains up there, pretty high, and uh, they are famous even to this day for people having these encounters with huge, uh, they're uh, Bigfoot, I guess, but. They say they're ten foot plus. Wow! Uh, up in the Jarbitch area, so that they're they're not completely gone. They came from that area and they likely went back to that area. 
So how, how MK, how big was the uh, giant that they buried in the stones, the one that killed the 300? How, how big is that giant? I think that the, the, the stones measure 16 feet. <laughs> so it'll be a, a little shorter than that. Yeah. Uh, I have the information on it. I don't have it with this computer. Yes, sir. Uh, I have the uh, newspaper article, and they talk about the stride and everything. Uh, it's uh, the Indians kept uh, every year. They would have a little ceremony and throw more rocks on it. And he said, gradually over the years, the newer generations got tired of it and they quit doing it. But if uh, it said that he picked up the Paiute warriors and literally held them by the ankles and beat them, in, beat, just beat them you like a rag. Used on them the as body clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Those are some of the stories that you hear coming from the Middle East. Yeah, the Af I was thinking the Afghan yeah. cave giant. This sounds a lot mm. like that scenario. So, MK, in Nevada there with Lovelock Cave, now we understand the Paiute kind of chased them into that cave. Do we have any other caves in the area that have stories of giants being inside them? Yeah, there are other caves uh, that have the uh, connected with that same story. Uh, I forgot the name of this other cave. But uh, I'd have to look. Are I'd they have more along that Humboldt River? They, they, they pretty much and, are. Yeah, they're, they're, they're within five yeah. miles. That would seem like a you know? MO. And, yeah. it, and it seems to originate almost coming from uh, southeastern Oregon as well. Do we have any evidence of them coming from that part of Oregon? Well, I, I don't know about coming from it. I know that they found some a couple of skulls in a cave in Oregon that uh, had the really heavy, thick brow ridge, right. mm -hmm. and uh, what you call that, uh, it's a little bit of a sagittal mm -hmm. crest. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, you can find that in a book called Early Man in Oregon. There you go. Mm. Uh, they have pictures, you know, in that book. Uh, the man that found it, he couldn't get a, he couldn't get anybody to, to, to even do a study on them. It you know? doesn't surprise they, me. They, they, <laughs> they, yeah, I didn't want to. They said they said that there's no, no Neanderthals in North right. America. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's missing the three. We have those sagittal sutures that come across our skull. I think three of them or something. And this these ones don't have the same. Well, uh, MK, tell us about, speaking of that, speaking of skulls, tell us about your adventure, the museum that you had the chance to go downstairs in the basement. Can you tell us about that story? You and Don? Yeah, that, that was in uh, Winnemucca. It's okay. called the Humboldt Museum. Humboldt Museum. And, and, and when I first started going there, uh, this lady run, ran it named Miss Pansy Lee, and she was a good friend of Don's, and she told the whole story of the red-haired giants, and she had all kinds of displays, uh, and down in the basement, she had skulls in a cabinet. Well, years ago, before I even came along, uh, she let Don go down there and look at those skulls, and at the time, 
they had one that was du double the size of the mm -hmm. others. I mean, it was huge. Wow. And uh, and they had gotten it out of the cave. You could see back guano stains on it. It had a double row of teeth on the top side. Mm. Uh, the bottom side, it had it was overcrowded with teeth, but it wasn't double rows. Uh, and it had some repair work done on the back of the skull, I guess, where he'd been laying, you know, uh, and he'd kind of caved in a little bit. And it had a, a rocker jaw, which means that the chin turned up. Oh, wow. And that mm. that is all, almost uh, exclusively Polynesian. Mm. Mm. Uh, which yeah, I, I got a, <laughs> it made me scratch my head. Yeah. Uh, now it's it mean it doesn't mean that it itself came from Polynesia, but it does mean that it at least has Connection. Polynesian her heritage. Yeah. yeah. Or Polynesians have heritage from it. That could be oh, yeah, either way. Yeah. Yeah. It could go either way. Yep. Yep. I mean, you, you know all about Easter Island and all the giants that were there that basically ruled the, the whole Polynesian area, you know. So I, I wonder if maybe that was their westward journey. Maybe they stopped, some stopped there and they, they continued to go west and migrate out in the Polynesian islands and, and all that stuff out there. So that's fascinating. That well, you know, it's, uh, we, we don't know. Uh, uh, that goes back into the mists of time. <laughs> And and we get little clues like this rocker jaw is a clue, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it causes you to ask more questions, mm. you know. It <laughs> it uh, but but Don got she didn't know that Don had uh, a little a little disposable camera in his coat pocket. I'm glad he did. And he took pictures. <laughs> I'm glad he, he did. Took, and I have those pictures with me. I, I have them locked up in a safe. No, and, uh, no men in black suits can get them. <laughs> it, uh, it's uh, MIB proof. Yeah, it's Smithsonian's yeah. coming yeah. for you. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, or or worse. <laughs> it, MK, this may be neither here nor there. I'm just fascinated by it. I don't know why. I, I was reading a little bit of Sarah Winamucca's book online earlier, and was it? Was it the Giants or the Paiute or both that made the reed boats, made the boats out of the tool reeds that they would kind of use? My understanding that it was the, it was the Giants. Okay. Mm. Mm. Well, I'd read something like that. I don't know. Uh, it, it was very, very similar to uh, the Lake Titicaca. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, the Peruvian reed boats, that they almost right. use like surfboards on the ocean. Doesn't that smack of, uh, you know, of some connections? Migrations. Yeah. Migrations, yes. yeah. connections. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also a fish, a fish that's in, uh, uh, I think, Pyramid Lake mm -hmm. that's only found in Lake Titicaca. That is the really only other, fascinating. Only other place. Yes. Yeah. Sooner or later, these things go out of the realm of coincidence. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. Just, yeah, you know, some, some uh, I've heard people say that they didn't believe in coincidence. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe there's not really any coincidence. There's only truth. Yeah, yeah, 
know? Yeah. I tell you, you, know, we, you go ahead. my realm of coincidences has shrunk incredibly <laughs> since I've been researching all this stuff. So, yeah. What were you going to say, MK? Uh, I think I've, I've ever one of the caves, they call it Leonard's Cave. Uh, it's, it's, it's about maybe four or five miles from Lovelock Cave. There, there was also some camps, uh, Paiute camps, that were out there in the basin. Uh, in the 60s, the University of California went out there and was, was doing some uh, excavations work out there in a Paiute camp. And they piled all their dirt up in a, in a berm, uh, just a big pile of dirt. They used a backhoe. Imagine how tender that was. Uh, and the next year, when they came, it had done rain some of them, and it exposed a, a skull that was in that berm. You know, they'd scooped it up and dumped it with the dirt. And this skull is so unusual, uh, you should see it. Uh, it, it, it is something, uh, very, you know, primitive looking. It's got a, like a prognathous face, you know, with the teeth coming, jutting out. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's got a, a bony ridge along the base of the neck. Like if, if it were fleshed out, it wouldn't have any neck. Mm -hmm. uh, it'd look like it had a head sitting on the shoulders. Wow. Um, it, it's got a crest on top. And 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 they they said it was Ottomid. Uh, well, Ottomid is a very rare skull. It's a, it's the arrangement of the sutures and stuff. Uh, there's only only a few uh, cultures that ha that had what you call an Ottomid skull, and most of those were down in Peru and South America. Uh, they they say that the Caraca was that lived off the on the coast of Texas that were Ottoman skull, but they were known to be giants. The, the Caraca was where they, they they seven feet was real common. Yeah. Mm. Well, wow. you say a crest, so I'm thinking something like a mohawk almost going up the middle. Or it's a ridge. A ridge. A ridge. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. So we're assuming it was some kind of hominid then. Well, they didn't find it in the camp, the Paiute camp. They found it outside the camp. And, and just uh, a skull. Yeah, uh, well, you don't know because they're scooping it up Fair with enough. tobacco. Yeah. So I, I went I went, and located that, the old dig, and it's sitting there just like the day they walked off from mm. it. And... Uh, there were bones laying all around that thing. Oh, wow. I, I picked one up. Uh, it's a, a real large vertebrate, which is... Uh, I can show that to you if... Uh, if we, can y'all see uh, me, we or see is you. that... Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah we can see you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Here we go. Yeah, for our listeners, he, he is holding up an extremely large vertebrae. <laughs> yeah. And I and, uh, also found Indian corn cobs. You know, they're probably a thousand years but old. But we do understand mm. that the Paiute had uh, groups of individuals who did practice skull worship. I mean, there were skull cults in the Paiute people. 
Really? I didn't, I didn't know, know that, that either. Cool. That's, at least there's rituals associated with the skull. I mean, huh. like I said, we don't we don't really know half mm -mm. of it. No, a lot of it's just you lost know, to time. Just lost to time. Yeah, but you know what's interesting is we can, we can begin to put pieces together through the archaeology, through the what we find, but also just through the stories and the, yeah, the oral the, traditions. The, the oral traditions and, you know, and, and even through the Bible, we can use that a lot to piece a, a lot of that together to get the, the nature of a lot of this kind of stuff. So and that's the whole thing is all we have is a lot of these oral traditions because it's like you ask the scientific community about the giants in Lovelock Cave and all you're going to get is stonewalled. Yeah. Well, it disproves their narrative. I mean, in my opinion... So might open up one. Well, I, I really, you know, uh, I know that that they they weren't considered to be normal. You know, uh, the the Indians didn't see them as neighbors. No. Mm. Uh, they were you were in a constant threat. So yeah, like that the big guy that they put three hundred arrows in. I'd imagine anything yeah. that's hunting down humans is going to be a problem for humans. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. Yeah, they had they had to do something. That, that was the whole point. Yeah, you, you or either go out of existence your own self. Yeah, right. Well, let me ask you, MK, and, and this this relates sort of to what we're talking about, but I just want your opinion. You know, I, you can speculate, and we'll we'll say it's speculation, but I just want your opinion. Do you think that a lot of the mounds, or majority of the mounds that are in the United States, are or that they're, if you go deeper into them, or not just Native American? You know, that's a good question. There's, there's lots of indications that there's influences, at least influences, from faraway places. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of, uh, if you go to the Moundville site there in Alabama, a lot of their copper is... is in, indicative of, of of Egyptian. Wow. As well as as well as their beliefs, you know that they that when they die they get in a boat and they sail the Milky Way. Yeah. You know, toward the sun. Uh very similar. And so you know, I don't I don't think it's an accident. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think. It, no one's gonna recommend tearing up a mound, but yeah. if you go to the center of the mound, below the mound, that's that's where the king's chamber is. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the pyramid. I wonder if in, they use like lidar or whatever on some of these mounds. If, if if I don't know how much detail you could get from that, but it would, would uh it would be a something more than what we have now. I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how how deep lidar goes. You know, you know they light everything's getting cheaper and and not and, and shrinking in size, mm -hmm. and they even have lidar now that you can fly on a drone. Oh well, yeah, so you can do your own lidar, uh, which is which is which is great because you know. Uh, there's there's a lot of reticence among scientists to even go this because they they consider what we're talking about so absurd they won't even do ex experiments on it. Yeah. So, well, speaking of well, which, I MK, mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. 
Go ahead. I was just going to ask you since I, you know, I live in not far from them, but uh, the the Jake Town mounds. I know you can't just go; it's private property. Uh, have you flown drones over that before, or? Well, I have, but it's so grown yeah. up. It's so grown uh, up that it's hard. Yeah. To... I've actually just went in there and climbed up on top of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just wanted to get an idea of it just from the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't even know who owns it, but, yeah, you know, I didn't hurt anything, and I came right back down. Mm. The Jaketown Mound is so old that a, a good, a significant part of it is underground. Yeah. It's connected oh, wow. with that poverty point culture, apparently. Yeah. It's it's very old. Uh, a friend of mine, he did some track hoe work out there, and he wasn't on the mound, but he was not far from it, found a knee joint mm. that was petri- petrified. And he took it to a museum, and they identified it as a camel, the knee joint of a camel. Mm-hmm. Well, fair That's enough. There are events of camels being in the United States, but quite a long time ago. That's uh, Ice Age yeah. type stuff. Yeah, we had some horses and camels here. Mm. And uh, sloths. Yep. The giant I have North American a, sloth. I have, I have a, uh, a claw and a toe of a giant ground sloth that came from right here where I live. And that thing was probably... Uh, 15 or 20 feet tall, you know, when it stood up. Wow. It'd go up, up, you know, it could stand by your house and knock a hole in the top of it. And the roof. That's amazing. I didn't know. I mean, I guess everything was bigger back then. Huh? I mean, wow. It's megafauna, they call it. So do you have any interesting stories of you... Dealing with giants or searching after giants. I mean, you told us really cool and on the last podcast about when you found that uh, that lair. You know, do you have any other interesting uh, st- stories? You come to- like, yeah, at Bluff Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a uh, quite a thing. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, you have to get me talking. Usually, once you get me talking, I I, I get I get to remember it a little better. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've been a lot of different places. You know, I've been back and forth across the country, up and down and sideways. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, uh, I've been down from Florida, uh, you know, up to the east, east coast and the west coast, and Washington State, Oregon, and California. It's a it's a, it becomes like a, a, I hate to use the word obsession, but I don't know what else to say. Yeah. If, uh, if you don't, if you're not obsessed, you're probably not going to accomplish yeah. much. You're not going to care enough to, to look into it. Right, right. It's a, it, it almost requires some obsession. And, and people, it's always been that way. People that, People that got in a covered wagon and loaded their small children up in it and and rode for six or eight months across through in, hospital Indian land to get to California, they were a little obsessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh and and because they did that, you know, of course we you know we we have this 
sea to shining sea country. Yeah. We owe a little bit of a debt to the, those obsessed folks. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the mounds there in uh, Spiro, Oklahoma, they're kind of different. The stuff that they got out of them were extraordinary. Uh, it, they, they had incised shells. Y'all know what that is? No, sir. Uh, they would take a big shell, and then they would cut artwork into it or designs into it. But it wasn't just, just artwork for the fun of it. This artwork actually symbolized something. Uh, it, these, this is the same symbols that they found on the Mexican tablets uh, down in Mexico uh, uh, that goes back oh, 11,000 years. Uh, it's, and, and it talks about the continent of Mu, Lemuria sinking. Mm -hmm. And, it, and it, some of the symbols are the exact same as were in those tablets and were also in uh, some other tablets in Sri Lanka that showed, uh, they showed the, the sun and the, the rays coming out of the sun and they twisting as they traveled, mm -hmm. which is something that you could not observe. You know, it's, that's cosmology there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff is just incredible. Also, uh, something that really caught my eye was uh, in, they have an incised shell that has, it's ringed with ivory bill woodpecker heads, you know, carved into mm -hmm. it. Oh, wow. Ivory bill woodpecker, they've been extinct for a long time. Uh, they, were, they were sort of uh, revered among Native Americans. Uh, they were the, the, the biggest, it was bigger than a chicken, you know, a woodpecker. Mm. And it was beautiful, you know, a beautiful bird. Yeah. And, and they used to, you know, you, your status was by how many ivory bill pelts you had, you wore on your belt. So by the time that Europeans made it here, the ivory bill was already in danger. Oh, wow. Uh, it didn't. It didn't last much longer. It, it, the last one was in Tensas, Tensas, Louisiana, in the 1940s, early 40s. And they actually filmed a nest of them. And then the Singer Sewing Machine Company cut the tree down, and that was the last anyone saw of one. Wow. Um, Tensas, that's not well, too far from Natchez, is it? No, it's not. It's it's not very far across there. It's named after the Yeah, Texas they were Indian. just across the river and probably yeah. at one point one people with the Natchez. Yeah, they were very similar to the Natchez. They call them cousins. Yeah. Let me let me tell you what, I'll tell you a story about the Tenses. Well, the uh, French always were trying to set up trade, you know, when they first came over here. Mm -hmm. They had heard about the Tenses, so they made the effort to go and find them, and they found them uh, X number of miles away from the river. And when they walked into their camp, they had human heads on poles. Yikes. All around. And, and 
they thought, oh, what have we gotten ourselves into, you know? But as it turned out, the Tensas were were very willing to trade, and and it, the custom of putting a head on a pole was it wasn't as bad as it looked. And so they traded some pearl necklaces and stuff to them right there, Johnny, on the spot. And then that night, it came a thunderstorm, and lightning struck their temple. I think I've heard this one, yeah. It had a temple on a mound, and they kept a a flame Mm -hmm. in there, eternal flame, and it was kept going 24 hours a day. And when that thing burned down, the people went crazy, and they started making sacrifices. Yeah, they threw an incident in, if I remember correctly. Well, they... the, the, The... the French said that they killed 11 of their own people before they could be even be talked out of it. Anymore. Oh, wow. Well, well. You know, the French were just aghast. And these people were crying. I mean, they were in tears. That's how, how much that temple meant. So it was, it was sitting on top of a mound, the eternal flame. And the Natchez had the same setup. Uh, if, if, if the two men that kept the flame going, if they let it go out, then they were put to death. Mm-hmm. So they got smart and went and made two flames. That way, if one went out, you had another one going. Yeah. I guess I would do the same thing if my life depended on it. But if, if you can kind of stretch things a little bit uh, and imagine that these same people came from out then in the Nevada way, where all these giants were. And not only that, but when the Choctaw, they came from out mm-hmm. west as well, they brought a Bigfoot with them. They called him Shamp. S-H-A-M-P-E. And they built their mound on top of a cave system. And it's called the Mother Mound of the Choctaws. It's out at a Knoxapater, uh, Mississippi, and there that that's that cave system is there because it was an ancient meteor Im- impact crater, and they say that they survived a catastrophe by going down into that cave system. Now they say that Champ lives there. That's their version of a Bigfoot. And I found the cave and went in it. And you could see where it had people or something had polished the walls because it's tight going in. Mm. And the walls were buffed out. Uh, go is ahead. this Naniwaya or is this a different one? Yeah, it's Naniwaya. Oh, well. Now that the 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 cave part I went to is not not the mound the mound entrance is covered mm-hmm. up, but uh, this is another entrance to the same cave system. Oh wow! Uh, the uh, the Choctaw had so much trouble with Bigfoot sightings that they called a Bigfoot hunter in that they found on the internet, and all he told them was that I found fresh sign, you know. But as soon as he left, 
they had to call him back because somebody else saw him again. So I don't know if they ever resolved that. I know they, they shut down. It was, a, it was a, what do you call it? A, it's like a little park. Uh, used to belong to the state, and the state gave it back to the Choctaws. And the Choctaws shut it down because of this Bigfoot flap. Well, and they, they put a lock on it, and uh, nobody's allowed to go back in there. This is an this is an oxipator? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Champa's bad. I mean, bad to the bone. Uh, if you what they say is true, yeah. Uh, that he'll eat you. He's cannibalistic. Oh, can that now that makes sense? I was about to ask you. You know, usually Native Americans are so all about the environment, which is a good thing, and want to live coexist with what's out there. So I'm like wondering what's so bad about this Bigfoot, but you just explained that for me. He just can't. Yeah, yeah he's he's he said that. They said that he followed them from out west. I don't know what that entails. How many years? You know, how many years they, ago was that? I mean, how many years ago would that be? Like, uh, it was it was a lot of years ago because they'd been here a long mm -hmm. time. Huh? They said that they it carried the bones of their ancestors, and they they stopped there. That's where the shaman told them to build a mound, and they. They put their bones, the bones of their ancestors in that mound and built over it. And they also covered up. They had a way to get in the cave for a long time from the mound, but then they covered it mm -hmm. up. And you said this was a cave system, wasn't it? Right, it's a cave system. It's, it's fractured rock from, from an impact. Okay. And don't the Chacta have a creation story about coming up from the earth? Yeah, that's part of it. Uh, they said they survived a catastrophe. Something on... Uh, by, by, by entering that cave. The heat of the sun or fire from the sun, wasn't it? Something okay. like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny how all these pieces just kind of seem to fit together. You know, just all these different stories. They're just... Um, it fascinates me, you know, how one culture could know something about it that another culture knows without any kind of connection, really, at all. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's, it seems like you're going, you're going uh, circling out too far, and then next thing you know, you're back in again, and you've connected some, some dots that, that, you know, it's well worth the effort to, to look into all the crooks and crannies, turn over rocks, and look under them. Yeah, I still I still can't get over the fish that was what was look what lake was that Lake Tiacata? Yeah, Titicaca. And then it's down in Peru, right? Or is that Argentina? Okay. Yeah, it's Bolivia actually. I think. Yeah, but it's the same kind of fish that was up here in the United States somewhere that they found down there. Right, right, right. That's in that in Pyramid Lake. Yeah, yeah. Normally, you'd assume some kind of speciation, but it's literally the same no. fish we're not we're not talking about a different kind of beak like finch so it's like yeah. the same fish yeah well, well they say that that lake titicaca has uh, uh seahorses oh wow like big ones not tiny ones it, well it's the highest lake in the right. world hey you know, 
How did it get a seahorse? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or, or sea, seahorses are primarily saltwater too, right? right? I mean, yeah, they are. So that would be a freshwater seahorse. That's fascinating too. Well, I, I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was out uh, around Death Valley, they have a place there called Devil's Hole, and and you can go down in it, and it's it's got this clear water and a space between the rocks. And if you put on a diving suit, you go down in there. Uh, it, it it opens up, and they were happened to be standing there when the water suddenly just erupted and splashed way up on the far wall, and it was in response to an earthquake four hundred miles away. Oh and wow! Okay, that's how far that water system went. Pretty interconnected. And probably farther than that. They say that they could see, they put up a, a tape, measuring tape, where they could measure the flash. They said that they, it shook that devil's hole. The earthquake in Japan shook it. <laughs> That's amazing. Weird. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean. Well, yeah. there's, a, there's a little fish living there that don't live anywhere else in the world. They're little, little. I got the name of them. Uh, little blind fish living down in Devil's Hole. Yeah, see, that reminds me of the, the, the I don't know what to call it. I don't know whether to call it a, a conspiracy or an urban myth or the truth or whatever, that there's aqueducts supposedly in the center of the, the United States. Have you heard about that, MK, the different... The cave system that that is goes between like the like the midwestern states. Have you ever heard of such? Uh, yeah, I have heard of that. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, they say that that the United States used to have a submarine that would go down in Lake Walker, Nevada, and come out in the ocean, Pacific Ocean, going up in the Pacific Ocean, going under the under the mountain. Wow. Yeah, that that because they won't ever tell you if that's true or not. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're talking about stuff that's. I, I know one thing. I've, I've never seen a. I've never seen a soul on that lake ever. I've never seen anybody standing around or throwing a fishing rod. It's it's absolutely just devoid of people. <laughs> so for whatever reason, that's bizarre. That is, that's bizarre. And then they have lake. They have uh, Hawthorne, Nevada, which has almost all of the ammunition the United States has in bunkers, right. and that's not that's just a short hop from from that Walker's Lake. You know, it's it's like it's all a complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that we don't know half of it. That's for sure. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, I'm not even going to go down. The rabbit trail of deep underground military bases and all that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, we don't know. We don't know half of it. We do know, though. Going back to the giants, we do know that they have whoever they is, yeah, <laughs> whoever they are. Yeah, they 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 have a keen interest in giant bones, which is uh, fascinating to me. So, yeah, it's like we don't know, and you're not allowed to ask. <laughs> the problem. Well, if you go around Pyramid Lake, there's a a little town called Nixon, 
And if you go past Nixon just a little bit on the highway there up on the on the bluff, there's some ruins. Uh, and on those ruins, uh, there's petroglyphs. And uh, it, it's, it's, this is, uh, the petroglyphs are kind of packed into uh, what you call tufa. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's uh, very, very old uh, formations that form in shallow water. You know, it's like a concretion. Mm -hmm. And on that front of that rock is, is Egyptian hieroglyphs. Oh, wow. Right. And 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 they actually say the name Ramses. Interesting. In in Egyptian hieroglyphs, they're the oldest hieroglyphs in North America. They're ten thousand five hundred years old. Yeah, interesting connection there. Yeah, very interesting connection. Well, that's like uh, I I heard somewhere that they found up in New England, somewhere or up further even from that in the Northeast. Uh, a Phoenician stuff up there, Phoenician archaeological stuff, or, or uh, was it a, st a stone, or it was something. Any of you guys know about that? Heard about that? I had not heard about that one. It, it was in New York, I think. It was in, um, yeah, I, I have to do some more research on that, but I had heard that, that uh, there was some sort of a Phoenician stone, which that would date back even, well, probably about the same time as the Egyptian hieroglyphs. So, yeah, I think there was a lot more people here in America than than we know about. It wasn't just the even just the Vikings. The New York, the New York Bale Stone. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Googled it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That does look like some sort of Semitic alphabet there for sure. Now, well, when it comes down to like 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 the Natchez Indians, uh. They had a, a group of Indians that were like their slaves. They were servants. Mm -hmm. The stinkers or something like that. Or... Yeah, they call them Grigras. And the reason they call them Grigras, they said, is because that's all they ever said. You know, you try to communicate with them, they just grunt. Now, that strikes me as having, you know, potentially being some, something different there. Mm -hmm. And whenever... Whenever they uh, essentially destroyed the Natchez during the French Natchez Wars, the Grigras went just went back to the woods. I had heard of them, even... and there's just so little to know about in, about them. It's just another frustrating group that we have a name and a few details about, and you know, it's just well, they gave them a, they gave them a, like a tribal yeah credit, you know, like like they were a group of people, mm -hmm. but. You read what the Natchez said about them, you get a different impression. Mm. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe the Natchez brought somebody with them when they came from out west. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And so where are they now? That's what I want to know. Where are they, they, just, uh, they just disappeared into the, yeah. into the woods. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of like the wild men up in the Appalachia. You wonder how many there's there's these groups. I mean, I know we know they're in South America, but what if there really is groups of these indigenous tribes that are so well hidden in the woods and and have their own language and all that stuff, and we hadn't even discovered them yet? You know, we think America is pretty well, you know, explored, but I, I just don't think so. I, I just don't. 
there was a there was a man who who had to stop on the road uh, way up into Canada. You know, ninety uh, percent of Canada is unexplored, mm-hmm. and he had to stop and let a tribe of 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 First Nations peoples, what they call them there, go by. The unknown tribe, they just, they came out of the woods one way, crossed the road, and went into the woods on the other side. Fascinating. Yep. Wow. Well, yeah. all, all these. There were, they looked just like something from, uh, from uh, the days of yore. Mm-hmm. Wow. Can you recommend any, like, um, documentaries or books on the Lovelock Caves, specifically these redhead giants and other than than reading the account the Paiutes gave, uh, you know there there's there's an old book uh, written by uh, Reed I think his I forgot his first name uh, R E I D and he wrote extensively on it uh, and he was there he was there when all they were digging all these mummies out of the cave mm-hmm. oh okay yeah. Uh, P.F. Reed or P. Reed or something like that. Yeah, because otherwise we've got uh, legends and stories that we have to listen to from these from the people. Uh, you, you, well, you know, it's it it becomes legendary so quick and yeah. easy. Uh, you know, the the when they did this this excavation work, there was no anthropology to speak mm-hmm. of. This was a nineteen year old kid and a, and a and a missionary that was training for missionary work. Mm. And that, they got together and went in there and dug it up for the Smithsonian, uh, which Alice Herlishka was the name of the first anthropologist in the Smithsonian. Right. And he he was like a, a real-life Dr. Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, so he, they, got, they got these two guys. They had been bunking. The man named Llewellyn Loud had been training as a missionary at the Phoebe Hearst Museum of Anthropology. And she was bunking with the last Indian to come out of the woods. Ever. The the last of his tribe, Graham Greene, played him in a movie. Uh, uh, They called him Ishii. And that's who Llewellyn Loud was bunking with in the same room. Hmm. And uh, I can't help but believe that Ishii told him all about that game. Mm, absolutely. Oral tradition is very strong in the Paiute. Oh, so, suddenly he became interested in doing anthropology work instead of going to Africa for missionary oh. work. But they, they were not trained, and they, they just went and winged it. You know, they took 10,000 artifacts out of there. They, uh, and I wonder how many they kept for themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, they found, they found these duck decoys. Mm-hmm. They found a lot of them down in Florida. A uh, uh, guy had them down there. He, he, was, he, he just purchased them or something. The, the, the state of Nevada tracked them down and got them back. That's, that tells you, you know, that, that they just went here, there, and there. Mm-hmm. So John T. Reed, I think, is the guy. There you I go. Found. R-E-I-D. Appreciate it. Yeah. He, he's got some really interesting stuff because he was there for most of it mm. as an eyewitness. 
And, uh, you know, I, I tell you what, it's kind of interesting, too, also, that that while the, while the, uh, the Darrington and Llewellyn Loud was, they were on hiatus, some of the uh, townspeople went in there and, and dug up a mummy. I mean, a full-size mummy, a giant. And they took it, and they whacked his head off. Okay. <laughs> and they boiled the rest of his body. And they made a, like a tea for a, for a civic club, a booster organization. It's like a, you know, for your, uh, what do you call it, initiation uh-huh. ceremony? Hazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe that anyone would do that, but they did it. But, you know, <laughs> Nasty, uh, man. what they, in 1924, that, that, the, somebody took a picture of that head. The giant's head and published it in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And I got a copy of it. Probably on a piece of microfish somewhere in there. It's it's it it is. Nice. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> well but, but uh I mean it's not like there's no evidence. <laughs> there is some evidence. A lot yeah, of legwork. If, you, if, if you're Right, right. If you're willing to go through the trouble, like my friend Don, he had to, he had to kind of sweet talk Pansy Lee into letting him go down there. Oh man, I tell you what, it paid dividends though. Uh, and if he had not done that, that's what you call non-conventional mm-hmm. research, mm-hmm. and uh, it got him, it got him uh, access to that giant skull. So you see, uh, it's it's not it. There's stuff out there still yet to uncover. Yeah, I wish you would have got a picture of that really big school you were talking about. That would have been really cool. Oh, I, I did. Oh, you did. I do have pictures. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if um, I wonder if that 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 video we watched, if it had any of those pictures in it. Uh, I think Skywatch put out with you and Don were in it, and uh, they were. Talking about that that lady, did y'all y'all videotape her or something? Oh, I have I have pictures of uh, when I went in there. I don't have her on video, but I got you know still pictures. Okay, I mean, that's what it is. She was a nice lady. Yeah. Now now, if you go in there, they'll they'll they they get mad at you if you even mention a giant. Well, it's the mm-hmm. same as it's the same as saying in Atlantis. I mean, if you use the word Atlantis in any of your research, they stick you in the Graham Hancock bucket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, how how do they think that the Atlantic Ocean got its name? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> we gonna quit calling it the Atlantic? That's right. We can't yeah. call it that no more. It's named after Atlantis people. That's right. That's right. Oh, uh, actually, the two. Both of them were named after Atlas, mm-hmm. the god Atlas. Uh, even the uh, Aztecs said they came from Atlan. Yeah, Atlan. Yeah. <laughs> were we yeah, talking yeah. about that, Lindsay, a little while ago? Oh, yeah. Well, don't get me talking about my obsession here. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah Atlan, it, me- it means something like place of the heron, but yeah, it it sounds eerily like Atlantis. <laughs> It's place of the white yeah. heron. Yeah. Or egret, that hip. Yeah, egret. 
Well, it helps you narrow it down some. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like that bird in Egypt that's everywhere. An ibis. An ibis. It's a nuisance bird, I guess, there now. That's the symbol of Thoth. The scribe. They have ibises here. Yeah, they have a couple in the Oregon Zoo. Hmm. Uh, there, there are people who believe that the Fertile Crescent is the Mississippi Gulf Coast. I mean, the entire Gulf Coast of Southern United States. Wow. Uh, they make a pretty good case for it. I, I've listened to it, the argument, and that the Mississippi is actually the Nile. Right. That is interesting. That is interesting. Well, where, where was it we were seeing the Egyptian uh, hieroglyphs? That was in Nevada, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And didn't someone say that there's Egyptian stuff they found in the Grand Canyon a while back? Yeah. Yeah. Sure did. That's that's one the uh, Smithsonian uh, dynamited the cave shut. Right. After they looted it. And we have the indigenous people's stories about individuals that were pretty much textbook Egyptian. There's, a, uh, there's also some uh, other Egyptian... Uh, sites around North America, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and other continents as well. Australia's got some. Wow. Yeah. Uh, those those people, you see that big boat they had buried by the pyramid. Mm-hmm. You know, they found it. In, that thing was seaworthy. Right. And they didn't o- make it ocean for nothing. worthy, not just cruising around the Mediterranean. Right, right. It take you across. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about ocean-going boats. Yeah. 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 They, they, uh, if Thor Heyerdahl can make it in a reed mm-hmm. boat, mm-hmm. you know that thing. Fair enough. Yeah, true. So let me ask you this. This is like a, a $10,000 question. Um, and if you don't want to answer it, MK, I, I totally get you. But So what is your like cosmology or speculation or origin of, of the Nephilim and how that came about? Well, I, 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 I accept what the Bible says about them. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't think that the Bible tells us everything there is. Right, right. No, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's not necessary to, to fill in all, you know, all the gaps. God has a book of instructions, but, you know, it's not, it's not going to if you be the complete mind of God, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, who could ever know His mind completely? Yeah. Uh, it's just to get you by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's that they they came from the fallen ones that came to the earth and inhabited with women. I believe that to be true. Yeah. Uh, but they they are their their source. We don't know or fully understand. The other places, mm. you know, yes, sir. heavenly uh, and what kind of what kind of uh, life forms that live there? Right. Uh, they're they're apparently they're able to construct a body in an impromptu way. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, That's very very powerful. So, yeah. what what do you think about people out there who's who talk about the connection between the Nephilim and the Bigfoot? Do you think there's a connection there or do you think Bigfoot is more of an animal? I I don't have the foggiest idea. I I don't <laughs> think it's an animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there, there's too too much 
going for well, it. It's either, you know, uh, or Heidelbergensis, right? Uh, it, there, you know, there's, there's obviously uh, man-like creation on the earth. Adam, Adam, Adam and Eve, you would be very shocked if you could have seen Adam before uh, he was rebuilt. Uh, it, he was a, a fleshly, he was an angelic expression in the flesh. Uh, and whenever, whenever he kept requesting to become like an animal, when he was, that was finally done for him, uh, you get us. Mm. So we, we, we don't look anything like Adam did. Mm. Well, I mean, he didn't have a belly button for one. <laughs> well, uh, it was, uh, it, it pro he, you, like I said, you'd probably be shocked. Well, I think, uh, I think MK, this is kind of what I call shade tree theology, but, but I, I think they had more use of their brains than we do, you know? Oh, well, oh, maybe they didn't make wise decisions. No, I, well, there's a, <laughs> well, not when it came you, to fruit. Well, you and I both know there's a big difference between being smart and being wise. <laughs> well, that's, that's all fascinating stuff. So, uh, MK, I'm going to wrap up our conversation here. Look, this is fascinating. I love just hearing yeah. your stories. You it know, was great. You, know what, you know what I feel like, MK? I feel like we're sitting on the front porch and we're just like shooting the breeze. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I love hearing these stories. Well, it's, it's good to hear what other people have done and, and, and well, what you've done. Compare, compare notes. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, uh, it, you know we, we, it's not like y'all aren't doing anything. <laughs> uh, believe me, believe me, having a, having a, uh, a podcast is, is, it's no small thing. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's where, that's the, uh, that's the, that's where you go to, uh, to do all your talking. Yeah. Right. You know, I just want to know so much more. And it's like every time I have you or somebody like you on our show, I just learn even more and more. Um, yeah, Lindsay's been around this stuff a lot longer than I have, and even BT has. And so I, I, I get my mind blown all the time. But it's like the stranger it, it is to me, the more likely I am to believe it now. It's really strange. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. So, yeah. MK, we appreciate you. Be it on our Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming times. back. Thank you. Thank you much. Thanks for listening and supporting us. And remember, stay naturally supernatural.